0: Let the truck! You are
1: listening to Why
0: the
2: truck.
1: Ready to truck it? Welcome to Friday. Welcome to your Nooner with Dooner and Reed. <laughs> Reed, how are you, man? Are you a little? Uh, are you on like a five-second delay today? I saw you were out late last night.
2: Uh... Feels like it moving a little slow, but I'm here. Got out of bed, managed to make it. Happy to be here uh, with you, dinner. You, you went
1: out. Uh, you had a day here in town. I did. You went out to the uh, Cherry Street Tavern. There's uh, <laughs> your please advice hat right in front of it. Yeah. You yeah. met some people inside. Who showed up last night?
2: We had the text locate squad. Ryan Rogers was there. Uh, we had some freight Waves people. Kaylee came through. Thomas and his and his uh, and his wife, wife. Did I get wife or girl? I think his wife. Yeah uh they were there uh um Ernesto and his girlfriend Sasha who uh trucker from Twitter he showed up he parked his truck nearby so yeah we had a squad man it was what great.
1: happened here what happened to Watson
2: uh he was he got after it man I mean he's you know uh was ordering uh I think those were whiskey sours with egg whites on it so he just he just let it rip
1: he you must know have had a rough morning today
2: well I haven't heard from him so maybe yeah you
1: know this was uh, this was almost a Black Friday today read. There was there's a lot of news going around. We'll get into coyote layoffs in a second, but there was a story going around about convoy and OTR solutions. They had a contract dispute. It, I guess it got worked out this morning. They've mm-hmm. both settled. JP Hampstead reports that the issue's been resolved, and they issued a joint statement. I think we got to tell everyone what's up. It says, earlier today, an article appeared in the press um, between Convoy and OTR. The misunderstanding has been resolved, and Convoy is up to date on all payments. Convoy has been reinstated to the OTR buy list. And I guess what happened here is OTR has changed their rules with what's gone on with Yellow, what's gone Mm -hmm. on with Surge, what's just going on in the market. And they're looking around, and companies are starting to play defense now. And um, I guess the terms changed, but what Convoy had to do was go to their bank and get approved and all of those kind of things to get put back into the system. But... It seems like they got it out there, so...
2: Yeah, I know. I mean, they they definitely uh, did quick, and that's good. Uh, obviously, these, these factoring companies need to do what they can to protect themselves and their clients, so...
1: They have to. Yeah. They have to. And, you know, I'm happy it's getting reported this way. We thought this was going to be a darker start to the show at first. It's not... Yeah. Look, we don't want any of this stuff to happen in the industry. We hate having to come up here, especially on a Friday, and tell you this stuff about it. But... The bad news does school. The bad news starts now. Coyote it had some layoffs. Um, Rachel Premack reports the Chicago-based brokerage Coyote Logistics laid off an unspecified number of workers Friday morning. That's the company confirmed that to Freight Waves. They said, we're reducing the size of our staff primarily within corporate services to improve efficiency and better meet evolving business needs. Our people are extremely important to us. These changes are difficult but necessary to make our company more agile and better positioned for the future. Well, pretty typical statement. Yeah, I mean,
2: I, it's just business. You yeah. Know? Unfortunately, it just is what it is. Um, tough times call for tough actions.
1: I mean, layoffs, nothing new, nothing yeah, new, nothing, nothing that we're, you know, it's funny that we talk so much, and not funny, but I mean, we talk so much about the trucking bloodbath, right, and how yeah. these trucking companies are, are going to go back, but yep. the uh, the depth of that bath uh, is is a bigger scope, it's it's brought in some freight tech companies, yeah. it's impacting workers within brokerages and, no, and uh, yeah. within trucking companies as well.
2: Nobody's nobody's safe, man, I mean, this is, the economy br- broadly is, is, is going, you know, r- roughly, I guess, to put it nicely, so.
1: Deflactoid says I would simply not name my logistics company the slang for cross.
2: Yeah, yeah. I actually had never thought about that. Um, interesting little a little tidbit there from uh, a little factoid there, if yep. you will. From Deflactoid. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, let's get into something a little bit better before we get yeah. to our guests. Ch- ch- check out this strap work we got going on, or maybe we call
2: the police steer division
3: work. responded to a call of a man yeah. driving yeah.
2: East insane. What is going on here? I like
1: the hood ornament. Keep the volume up. I like the hood ornament. Seat.
3: Uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> the officers received a call reference, a car driving into town that had a, a cow in it. Um, they thought that it was going to be... I mean, that know, thing's got to weigh more than the small, car, right? That, that is a Watusi bull. What? And the vehicle was big enough. Well, technically. As a result, the, the officer performed a traffic stop and addressed some traffic violations that were occurring How do you casually report uh, on this? particular... Uh, situation. The occupant of the vehicle oh, yeah. was identified as Lee Meyer of Neely. The Watusi Bull's name out. was Howdy Duty. <laughs> he was immediately pulled over by Norfolk police and they performed a routine traffic stop. The Why officer wrote him some out warnings. Howdy identity. Uh, <laughs> um, there were some citable issues.
2: You think he can use the you that think you can use the carpool the lane? Maybe he was just to looking to get in the carpool lane. The I think that's your count. <laughs> <the airplane.
1: laughs> Apparently, he told the people in Nebraska that he was, like, the police, the yeah. DOT, that he was going to be bringing a cow through. And they thought he was going to, like, had a trailer. Yeah, like, they he was legit. <laughs> they didn't realize it was a passenger.
2: <laughs> they were like, you're insane, man. What are you doing? <laughs> all
1: right, and we have a question today. And some of the audience, some of the, some of the guests, so listen to this question, because I'm going to ask all of you so you have a chance to think about this. You're not going to get blindsided, but I'll, I'll start with you. Yeah. Uh, good friend Benjamin Gordon put this out, and he said, what's your favorite transportation innovation? <sighs>
2: my favorite transportation innovation. I'm interested. I'm not so interested in e-logs for what they do from the, like the timekeeping slash logging standpoint, but I am interested in what having a bunch of trucks connected to a network and location available and how carriers can really leverage that, that data to their advantage. Um, so I think there's a lot more that can be done with that, but I, I think I'm pretty, I think that's generally a good thing.
1: I mean, I got I to gotta go old school. I got to go with Winton semi-truck or, obviously, uh, then Malcolm McLean coming along and realizing that putting those semi-trucks on cargo ships was yeah. stupid and the the creation of the ISO container. Conta-
2: containerization is a good—that's uh, probably a better one than ELDs.
1: It's so obvious, though. It's a, but I had to go with it. Joe Joe McGee said that, too. He said that, the box. Dan, Daily Dan said it had to be a weird place before they had docks and forklifts. Yeah. yeah. Auto transport guy. He says TMS and loadboard API integrations. That's very specific.
2: Yeah, uh, I've I almost said that, but then I was like, okay, maybe not. Probably like, that's a little, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. probably better things than that. <laughs>
1: like, the cart, literally the cart before yeah, the horse? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. And
1: I guess that would be the cart before the horse if you say the container over the truck. You should have the said straps, man. The stra- Why didn't straps you say straps? straps well, ratchet straps, man. Uh, Wasson from Fult- Fulton County Prison, he wrote uh, <laughs> the wooden pallet.
2: <laughs> I mean, pallets uh, pallets, and containerization kind of go hand in hand, so I, you can't really have one without the other. And Rich, he said uh, lift gates on trailers. I before what were you doing? Yeah. I, I, it was probably We'd be a lot harder. <laughs> <We'd be dangerous laughs> without it, yeah.
1: We have uh, some awesome guests on today. We have Tex Crowley. He's going to talk about the art of filming trucks and making badass videos that convert. You're used to seeing like generic <laughs> vanilla stock footage of trucks. You need text. You need text to stand out. Yeah. We're going to find out why. We got. I believe this is Vogue, because that's what they call them in Zelda Breath of the Wild. Whenever you go to like the all. Female villagers, they say, you're a vo, to link. And he has to dress up like a, a girl to get in the village. Have you played Breath of the Wild? Uh, uh, I have, yes. Well, we got two wonderful ladies from there, two wonderful ladies in Freight Tech, Megan Broccoli and Marissa Brooks, Torman Campbell. They're going to talk about building this company, um, toll management, fleet management, all that kind of stuff. We've got another startup showcase with Smart Hall. We got Jazz, Jazzwall. He's talking about making a modern pony express. He wants to do a relay model where a driver has to go 300 miles or less, and he's passing off like a baton. And then we got Reliance Partners Mark Vickers. He's going to talk about uh, risks out of Mexico. If you heard, there was a strike that just got postponed mm-hmm, out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's theft issues out there. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of nearshoring going on. So there's companies getting exposed. And we'll just tell you how you get covered, how you get whole again. Let's do it, baby. Sounds good? Yeah, no, let's do it. All right, let's hit the band and then we'll get it on. No ride, no app, no problem, Reed. With Uber for Business, you can help your drivers get wherever they need to go after dropping off their tractor. You can schedule rides, you control costs, and you can access 27, 24-7 support in their easy-to-use dashboard. Check out Uber for Business. And look, this is great. There's one parking spot for every 11 drivers out there, Reed. So you got your truck parked, you can work with dispatch, you can work on your retention. One of our biggest issues in this industry, make your drivers happy and get them where they need to go.
2: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, man. Seriously.
1: How about we welcome Jazz up? Let's start the Start Up Showcase. It is Jazz, Jazzwell founder and CEO over at Smart Hall. What is up, Jazz?
0: Hey, Dooner. How are you? Thanks for having me. And I'm grateful to Haley for making us connected.
1: Have you uh, <laughs> met my buddy Reed before, the purveyor of Please Advise Hats? <laughs> What's up, Jazz? How are you
2: doing? i have not. Hey, Reed. How are you? Nice to meet you.
1: Nice to meet you. How are you have doing? To, we have to convert. Well, Jazz, where do you live? He has a map of where all these hats are. Where, where are you
0: out of? I'm in Denver, Colorado. Made it yeah. my home 14 years ago, haven't moved since.
2: We, we're, we're underrepresented in the state of Colorado, so we might have to fix that with you. We can, talk, we can bring this offline, Jazz. How about that?
0: <laughs> I love
1: it. I love it. Well, Jazz, hey, tell us a little bit about uh, the company. So you started this company. How old is it? How long
0: have you been working on it? And what's it do? Got it. Yeah, sure. So the company, in a manner of speaking, is only six months old. But I've been working on this idea for probably 15 years, and the whole backstory is I grew up in a family of individuals working in supply chain and logistics space. My dad retired as a senior trade tax officer, the most white-collar job you can possibly imagine, and my father-in-law, who is a father figure to me, is still a truck driver on the road. So as you can imagine, all the dinner conversations over my entire lifetime have revolved around just whatever good, bad, or ugly is happening in the logistics space. So yet again, six months old, uh, we have a first set of what I call trailblazing customers that we have been testing this model with right now, and super excited to see the results that we have seen so far.
1: Whoa. How, How does it work, Jazz?
0: Sure. So I think you made a great introduction, but I will, I guess, give you the short or the long tail end of it. So you said it well, and I didn't coin it, by the way. My father-in-law is the one who came up with the whole Pony Express 2.0 model. And obviously, a lot of, I guess, viewers will get that um, messaging. But essentially, the idea is to take a long haul road, break it into small segments. Each driver drives no more than 300 miles or about four or five hours one way. They meet another driver. They unhook the fully loaded trailer, hand it off to the next driver, and pick a different trailer to come back home. However, on the other side, the load just keeps moving from one driver to the next driver until it arrives at the final destination much faster. So in my opinion, it is a win-win situation. And I totally get it that not every single driver wants to come back home every day. But what we have been able to do is to at least give them the flexibility and the option to come back home more often
2: yeah it's pretty that's pretty cool, jazz. I If you can I mean manage that coordination and use tech to do that, I mean that's pretty exciting. I also love the Pony Express uh, analogy. I think that's a very simple way for people to get the idea without you having to do much explaining. so uh, good on good on your father-in law for that one for sure.
1: Jazz, I have a question for you though. So back yep. calls are never easy. How, you mentioned that on the on the back side of it, they'll have a, a container to pick up. How do you plan on making those pairs work?
0: Great, so this is definitely, I think, the one question that has eluded many, right? The empty miles, the back halls. So by no means, I want to say we have got this all perfectly squared up. Our goal right now is to get to about 90% utilization that will still be an industry best. And the way we have been able to at least test in the market is rather than trying to solve for every single lane, We have very much optimized for one or two lanes, Mm -hmm. mostly between Indiana and North Carolina, just to get the same drivers to come back on those lanes.
1: Now, Reid, aside from HATS, you also do a truckload, so you know a thing or two about capacity, managing capacity, and letting people know about the availability of it. Um, What's your take on this, knowing what you know?
2: Yeah, it's cool. I mean, a lot of carriers, especially the smaller ones, would like to operate in steady lanes, but don't necessarily have all the freight in those lanes to be able to operate like that so the more options they have and this is an, like an interesting option to do something like that so i could see it being attractive to to carriers who are
1: looking for more de- you know steady dedicated lanes yeah it's cool you, you mentioned your father-in-law right he came up with the name and he sort of came up with the. did he come up with like sort of the concept of this how did how did you you're walking around one day as 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 every entrepreneur does and just says i'm going to start this thing do you remember that day like how did that come about
0: Yeah, I will tell you a funny story. So I used to go on truck rides with him, uh, mostly around Chicago, because at the time I was dating his daughter, now my wife, trying to convince him to let me marry his daughter. Uh, Over the years, you know, just kind of learned a lot from him, just watching him, how he worked. And I came up with the idea, sort of just being a little bit more of a math nerd. And when I explained to him, I think I didn't do a really good job. But the more I explained to him, and he kind of trailed back into how it can potentially work. He's like, that's what Pony Express used to be. You should call it the Pony Express model.
1: I I love that. um, See, the thing with logistics is this this is like a roach motel. Like, I didn't start (laughs) out wanting to be in logistics. I was actually in the music industry, and I got a job in here, and I thought it would be like for six months, like I had health insurance when I first moved back to Boston, and that was in 2005 and I'm, I'm i'm still here and i love that you were trying to like take your wife's hand in marriage and to butter up your father-in-law you, you decided to jump in a truck and now you're stuck
2: it's kind of like doing <laughs> a deal with the devil man to be honest <laughs>
1: i love it, I love it. How, so how are things going you're six months into it um what's happening now
0: sure so we have our first set of paying customers amazing trailblazers and people willing to take a bet on us uh it is a mathematical nightmare Uh, that's something they definitely cannot solve on their own. So we are trying to build that engine for them. And the way, again, everybody throws the AI world so loosely around these days, but I think of an AI more as a hand that feeds them out. So that's kind of our secret sauce, if you want to call it. What we are doing is we're taking multitude data points, almost like millions of data points at a certain scale, and we are trying to then process it to the degree that it can make a real-time decision without even being asked or prompted to do so. I know I sound like a math nerd, but that's essentially the way we're trying to solve for these customers right now. We have partnered with some trucking companies as well, and the way we are trying to wedge into this very crowded market is by helping these trucking carriers and trucking companies who, as we know, are super like suffering right now. I think I read an article the other day that's at something to the order of 31,000 small independent trucking companies actually left the market in the first four months of this year. So we're trying to essentially plead to them to say, let us help you become more profitable, make more money by high utilization, keeping your drivers happy, and also helping you differentiate yourselves in this crowded market to your customers.
1: What do you think your biggest challenge is going to be in the next six months?
0: So the biggest challenge still is the adoption of technology. I mean, don't get me wrong. I have seen my father-in-law still have a pen and, you know, pen and paper in his pocket where he would just jot down all kinds of little details. So by no means, I think people are going to be super warm about yet another, you know, whatever, you know, a tech platform trying to solve all their problems. We're trying to build something that hopefully will be no more difficult than Instagram And really, I know that's kind of shooting for the stars, but I don't want to essentially have individuals trying to adopt and learn this new platform. And that still will be, again, just a learning curve that the whole, I guess, industry needs to adapt to.
1: Read any advice for for Jazz? Yeah, man, just meet him.
2: I, you're saying everything that I would probably say to do, which is just meet meet people where they are or very, very close to what where they are and not try to do too much, not try to go from zero to a million real quick. Like, I'm not saying anything you probably already aren't thinking. So I think that it sounds like you're, you're on the right track with that.
1: Well, Jazz, we, we love it. Before we let you go, we'll, we'll let you give a shout-out to where everyone can go to find your stuff. But the question of the day from Benjamin Gordon is, what's your favorite transportation innovation? Pony Express 2.0?
0: <laughs> Does it ha- yeah, I was going to say that I have to, like not to with my own horn, but uh, I would love, you know, bringing Tony, a Pony Express 2.0 to reality. Well, it, and again, it, I would love to make truck driver's life easier.
1: Well, if for people who want to get on this journey with you, they want to check into your company, where do I send them to?
0: Sure. So I can be reached at my email ID, uh, jas at smarthall.ai. Uh, I can also give my phone number if people care for. I'm not a social media frenzy. I'm on LinkedIn, but obviously that's not a, I guess, space that a lot of truck drivers or trucking companies you know, use. Yeah. I'm not active on Twitter and Facebook. Sorry.
2: Jazz, you got to get on X, gotta get man. On X. We got to get him X on X. Now, this is crazy. X, Let's go. What are we there, doing? Man?
0: We'll amplify <laughs> your ass, dude.
1: Hey, have a great Labor Day weekend. Thank you so much for stopping on the show. Say hi to your father-in-law for us.
0: Thank Take you. Care. Thanks for having me. Be well. Later, Take later, care. Yeah.
1: And any startups out there, by the way, if you're in Freight Tech, you're building a Freight Tech startup, you're in your, your first year, you're just getting off the ground. We love to lift people up on here. Reach out to me. Mm-hmm. Happy to uh, feature your company and let people know what you're, you're working on. You might, um, you
2: might end up as a co-host. Might end up as a co-host. You never <laughs> do. That's
1: what happened with Reed. I just thought he was doing something cool out there. And yeah. Nice thing you know, he's around this, yeah. this show What's all up? the time now. <laughs> hey, this is what I, I, I hope to be doing Labor Day weekend. Meanwhile... So America? (laughs) No, Tex did not film this one. Or maybe that is Tex. You think that's Tex in that white car there? What is- what even is this? Like, what is happening? This is just America. This is just how we, uh, get it out of our system.
2: What sort of- Look, everyone's cheering, too. What sort of propulsion- like, how are they getting- Like, nobody's driving the car, what (laughs) (laughs) what is happening? (laughs) I love
1: the crowd reactions. Oh. oh man!
2: Everybody down there the is just bus, drinking too. beers. Let's let's go drink beers and shoot cars
1: off cliffs. Whoa. Oh, we should have this at F three.
2: Hey, Craig, are you listening?
1: Craig, can we, can we up. Drive a bunch of cars off Lookout Mountain. <laughs> 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 All right, let's drop that one. We get the point. We get that's great though. I would love to get uh, into that. Man. Well, All right, speaking of videos, Tex Crowley, Tex Omatic, sir. It's, it's been like, we've been talking for four or five years now, and this is like the first time we're going to have you on and feature your stuff. I don't know why it took so long, but I'm glad it's happening now.
3: Well, I appreciate it. I was actually on a while back, about two years ago for, for a short little bit, but uh, uh, here we are once again. Damn,
1: edibles. Sorry, but Tommy Chong's been advertising <laughs> to me too much, man. Hey, Tex, I got I to compliment you
2: off the bat on your wired headphones. I'm also uh, the opposite of a wire cutter. I'm a wired guy, so I respect that.
3: I see that wire back there right now. Yeah, I'm trying to
2: hide it. I can't. I don't know. I don't know. This is my first time, man.
3: <laughs> no, I wear it with pride.
1: Well, Tex, tell us a little bit about what you what you do before we look at some videos here.
3: Okay. Uh, video production. I drove truck for over 20 years. I haven't driven a truck in quite a while now, um, although I am pulling a little livestock trailer for a buddy of mine, uh, taking, it, taking a little something back to the house for him. Uh, so it kind of feels like trucking, but... Uh, I've always been interested in video and starting on YouTube back in like 2005, started just making stuff for myself or family or whatnot, showing them what I'd go through. And it just kind of grew from there and, uh, you know, just got more serious with the, with the equipment I used. And it was enough to where people started saying, Hey, uh, why don't you come shoot a video for us? And, you know, that's where it got going.
1: Wow, I love it. I love it going from the truck to to media. Uh a man from my own heart. Yeah. Let's see a little bit of your video. Let's let's take a look at some of this stuff and tell us how you uh hey, go about this cuz you you make them like really nice and cinematic and the color grading is really good and the editing is really good.
3: Yeah, you know, it's it's I I am not a movie buff, but I guess I am. I I'm contradicting myself a little <laughs> bit, but certain certain movies with certain scenes, they just stick out to me and and you know, I try to emulate just a certain feel, a certain look. Um, I know there's not a whole lot of, you know, quote cinematic styling in, uh, trucking related content, whether it be recruiting videos or whatnot, there's a few out there. Um, but you know, I just try to take it up to another level and just make it something where people go, that was pretty cool. I think I'll go share it. So that's, that's really where I'm at with it.
2: Yeah, man. Uh, Tex, a couple of your videos have come across my feed lately. I think we just followed each other on uh, uh, Twitter or X, whatever we call it these days. So yep. it, it's pretty cool, man. I, I haven't seen really much like this. So exciting stuff.
1: Yeah. What kind of equipment are you using? Because I'm noticing multiple times. You can tell there's drone shots here. It looks yeah. like there's dolly shots here. Um, there's static shots. You're using a, a nice combination.
3: Yeah, just, uh, you know, try to try to have a, a big enough toolbox to... to carry all the different stuff you know, got a drone, I'm licensed to operate uh, commercially for a drone. Uh, It's a little tiny drone, but it gets the job done. Um, You know, uh, nice Sony camera, good lenses, uh, camera stabilization systems. Uh, The one shot that was with the trucks that were three wide that, that were following me, I was just hanging out of the back of a pickup truck, holding my (laughs) stabilized camera. And, and, uh, you know, sometimes you, you know, uh, like I say, you got to get the shot no matter what.
2: Do it to it, man. That's awesome.
3: You know, I think those,
1: uh, I think we might have a couple more too. We got it. We got another one over here or might, he might've blended those all, uh, he might've blended those. Oh no, here's, oh, this is a tilt shift one. Oh. I love this. First of all, explain to people what tilt shift is. Cause it makes everything look like a little toy.
3: Yeah. So, um, first off the, uh, what? Yeah, I just want to give credit in the video. Uh, my pal, Sam Smith shot this part and then the, the scenes in the winter, uh, pal named Corey up in uh, Colorado, Utah, shot those. But tilt shift is basically making everything look miniature, you know, from a from a overhead perspective. You kind of blur out the top and the bottom. You boost the contrast to make it just look kind of plastic. And, you know, it's just it's just a nifty little thing. It's it's a fake tilt shift. I mean, they make actual lenses that are tilt shift. Um, So this is just done after the fact in post-production to make it look that way.
2: That's awesome, man. That looks so. That looks so cool.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, when you look at it too, like, how much does it cost to produce one of these? Because uh, yeah. there's a lot of locations. Like, how are you finding the subjects? How do you, how do you plan a
3: shoot? Well, let's see. Like, what we're looking at right now, that was the ATHS uh, show, uh, American Truck Historical Society, out in Reno, mm. um, at the Grand Casino or Grand Sierra Resort, and they paid me to come out and photograph all of the trucks that come in as they check in, as well as uh, just shoot random video and video of presentations and whatnot. So there's more than just me there because that's a lot to cover. Um, You know, every job's different. You know, how long is a piece of string? You know, it's, it's, what are people looking for? Um, I will say low end stuff. um, The majority of people now are able to do it themselves Mm. because of the technology of a $150 gimbal that you can slap your iPhone or Android on and, you know uh free editing software such as capcut that you can download to your computer and and play around and piece stuff together the higher end stuff is kind of where I'm at now because uh you know I've got too many competitors down at the you know $1000 $2000 range I I got to I got to go up
1: you're finding some cost reduction. You have recently posted some hilarious AI videos. Yeah. Um, Can we get one of those queued up? Maybe the one about, like, the truckers fighting? Yeah, is this the the (laughs) boat bridge? Let's play the whole video here. All right. Sound up.
3: There was a short period of time in the sweltering summer of 1980 when Timothy Ray Landry of Karen Crow, Louisiana, orchestrated fights between truckers. How he was able to pull it off was quite remarkable. Pretending to be a truck driver himself, Landry would post up near the way station on Interstate 10 at Bro Bridge, get on his Royce 23 channel CB radio, and call out truckers and make up the fact that a driver's taillight was out or had a missing mud flap as they were approaching the scale. Knowing that the scale master was monitoring the chatter and would potentially subject the truck in question to further scrutiny, and that driver would accuse the driver behind him of calling him <laughs> out on purpose, tempers would flare. More often than not, those two drivers would end up pulling into the next truck stop to duke it out, much to the chagrin of the masochistic Landry, who would pull up in his car to witness the altercation he was able to conjure up. A crowd of other drivers would gather around to view the vicious altercation, which sometimes grew into an all-out melee. This went on for about a month when local drivers Harold Gentry and O.L. Thibodeau began to pick up on this pattern. Once they figured out it was Landry that was stirring the pot, they pretended to befriend him. A few days and a few fights later, Gentry and Thibodeau invited Landry out for some beers and a boat ride through the (laughs) Chapalaya Basin Swamp. On board the small watercraft were four cinder blocks and approximately seven feet of high tensile rope. Three men went out, two came back.
4: Authorities dark. in St. Martin Parish
3: never bothered to we investigate Landry's disappearance.
1: That is a dramatization, as is it is it uh, pointed out to us. I th- I think uh, Chuck Palnick stole your story for Fight Club.
3: <laughs> it's it's very possible. You know, this was 1980, obviously, oh, awesome. as, as as the story went. the The whole idea behind that is just orchestrated stupidity. I think is the best way I can put it. Uh, I've been goofing off with with AI photography or not photography, just AI image generation and uh I you know I I go back from years ago hearing stories of truck drivers saying this that and the other now that's completely made up obviously but hearing guys on the radio back in the day somebody cuts them off and you know just right in front of the scale says hey man you got you know all your marker lights are out on your trainer or whatnot and they're not and you know the guy gets pulled in and you know gets all pissed off at the fact and you know, I'm gonna find you at the next truck stop. So that's where the idea came from. So
2: this isn't too so far, far from reality. Well, you maybe know, not I the cinderblock part. Yeah,
3: that—that that, you know, it is the Louisiana swamp, and you know, <laughs> I used to run Louisiana all the time, like every week for seven years, pretty much, and so I know the names, I know the places, and and that added enough authenticity that there was actually a radio station down there uh, in Baton Rouge that posted on their blog or whatnot, did this really happen? And and what have you? <laughs> and there was also an LSU message board called Tiger Droppings that, you know, has all kinds of, you know, threads of whatever. And some guys like, any of you old LSU folks from the seventies or eighties remember this happening out in Bro Bridge? And it's you know the 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 comments all over the place have been from this is insane this should be a movie to this is the stupidest thing i've ever seen in my life give me two and a half (laughs) minutes back well you Uh, have one well
1: text. you had one that was looking towards the past and we have one more ai video that is looking towards the future (laughs) let's check this one out let's go 2041
3: the place planet earth Spearheaded by the World Trucking Association and truck manufacturer Bravo Sierra Motors, advancements in artificial Uh intelligence, LiDAR systems, and lithium battery technology in the previous decade ushered in true autonomous trucks. Truck drivers had been effectively eliminated. For a time, the world's economy saw huge benefits from the driverless trucks. The trucks ran constantly, thanks to their self-charging 144 megawatt onboard power plants. Downtime was virtually eliminated. Then, on May 1st, 2041, something happened. The world instantly stopped. Personal vehicles, public transport, and air travel was rendered useless as some sort of pre-planned EMP-type event shut down movement, all except The trucks. The WTA dictated the AI run the trucks into people and buildings at (laughs) will, All while self incinerating the massive lithium ion cells creating a worldwide firestorm that was comparable to a biblical event. The fires burned for weeks and there was nothing the few survivors could do about it except wait it out. Toward the end of all things, officials from WorldGov found all the survivors, extended a hand and said, I'm from the government, and I'm here to help. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> I love it. Uh, <laughs> Dude, you're,
1: you're the best. I think that was my request, too. I was like, hey. I
3: that, was, that was your request. It <laughs> was my request. <laughs> that was your
1: request. What is going Next, on? Thanks, before I let you go, asking everyone today, what's your favorite
3: transportation innovation? Oh, that's a good question. I, I think I might lean towards sonar. How about oh. that? Right oh, all right. Plug. All oh, right, cow. that's that's a
1: way to get clipped on this show for sure. <laughs> there you go. that. Tex, how do people find you? How do they how do they find? Tell them where to find you on X, and tell them where to find your website.
3: Yeah, you can just type in at Texomatic or the name Texomatic. Um, really anywhere on the internet, um, or go to trucker.video. That's my website, and uh, you figure out how to get me from there.
1: Thank you so much for your time today. Have a great Labor Day weekend.
3: Y'all be good. Be careful. See ya. Take it easy. See you, Tex.
1: All right. No ride, no
3: app, no problem.
1: Reed, with Uber for Business, you can help your drivers get where they need to go after dropping off the tractor. Schedule rides, control costs, and access 24-7 support in that easy-to-use dashboard. Go to Uber for Business. Check them
2: out. That's actually a good idea, by the way. No, it is. It is. Your <laughs> that's like truck. a really good idea. I know. <laughs> there's.
1: It's. Did they just about, start doing that? I. You know what? I think they just started to realize to target our market. That's and they a great. That's a great they idea. Said, hey, huh. can we sponsor what the truck? Yeah. Be?
2: That's actually, Yeah. Unironically, really good and idea. I was like, this is a great partner. So yeah. I was.
1: I was happy. All right. Uh. Elsewhere, let's learn how to a computer works.
4: Still confused? Then try to think of your computer as an office. The hard drive is kind of like your file cabinets, the amount of storage that you have. Your memory is like your office space, the amount of room you have to deal with the stuff you just pulled out of your files. And the processor is kind of like yourself, how fast you're able to type and deal with the information that's in front of you.
1: Wow. Did you know that, Reed?
2: Uh, that analogy is good. I um it's 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 easy to forget how much computers have replaced. Uh, and that videos like that really put it in perspective.
1: Oh my it's, god, it's there's one right in front of me. Uh, yeah, all right. <laughs> all right, we got Megan Broccoli, she's the founder and CEO, and Marissa Brooks Torbin Campbell, the COO, over at Am I saying it right, Vo? Ladies. Vo. Boy, I got Boy. it right. Yeah. I got it right. got it right. Boy. I got it right. I have an uncanny knack of of it, like if I haven't heard a word out loud, I will mispronounce it every single time.
5: <laughs> That's okay. It kind of, it's, right. it's an interesting word that Megan came up with. So,
1: well, where, let's start there, Megan. Where the where did the name come from?
4: Um. So it's. It's kind of like vehicle operational intelligence is kind of um, what it's based off of. Um, but that sounds really too techy. I think. So um, it's just voice.
1: Just voice. Just voice. What does it do? How does it work?
4: Yeah. So um, essentially, we've automated the process of dealing with the sexiest problem in fleet management that there is. And that, of course, is violations, tickets and tolls. I know that's everyone's favorite topic. And it's funny that we just watched that thing about a computer from 1997 because I think that is, like, still prevalent where people are like, the files are in the computer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think dealing with violations is, is kind of the same thing. Right now, it all runs at the pace of the United States Postal Service, which is insane. I can order a pizza from my watch. Um, but... Why are we still still dealing with uh, violations at the speed of the United States Postal Service? So we integrate with agencies all across the United States and in four countries in Europe to find and resolve tickets and tolls in real time.
2: Hey, question, Megan. Do you want to be able to pay moving violation tickets via your Apple Watch?
4: (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't put the car before the horse here. All right, we're not there yet. We'll get there.
1: Oh man, another one. <laughs> You're the CEO. How does yeah. how, how does this work? How does this work in the real world in operation? What's like the customer experience?
5: Yeah, so it's really um, it's so interesting because we kind of have two customers and and we talk to clients all the time and they silo tickets and tolls into tolls are managed by the fleet team and tickets are managed by safety. And so oftentimes because they're in these silo buckets, they're not talking and they're not using this information in the best way possible. So it's fantastic for fleet safety because they can have real life conversations like, hey, you've been through the same red light camera three times this week. Let's let's talk about why and what that looks like. Root optimization is a big one uh, for the fleet management side. So it's it's a really interesting, um, it's a really interesting topic for these folks. The other thing that's really funny to them is they're used to dealing with paper, right? So we were just on the phone yesterday with a really large client of ours, and they're like, thank goodness we use you. Because if not, we would have just had to ship four huge boxes of paper from one of our outsourced locations that somebody kept throwing all the toll and ticket bills in, and nobody opened them for months. So had they had to ship these four boxes of paper, they would have had a giant nightmare plus the fact that they could have had vehicles that were you know, off registration. So it's a, it's a really cool opportunity for two parts of the industry to come together with this technology, but not just for tech sake, because it really does solve their problem.
1: Why? where did you get the, like, the idea? Why did you decide to tackle this problem? I mean, and I ask this of logistics people because all of our problems, they sound like maybe boring to outsiders, but they they solve real world things. Where, like, where were you walking around when you're like, you know what? There's a better way.
4: <laughs> yeah, um, I guess like it starts really with I am a habitual like offender um, is how that kind of started. and. It's a hassle when you're dealing with it as an individual in your own car. Um, so that's kind of how this started. I am a very nerdy data science background. And so it started with asking that question and seeing how individuals deal, dealt with this. I requested, I live in Miami, I requested three years worth of data. Uh, issuance, you know, uh, data from Miami Dade County, and and realize like there is a really big problem here. But for individuals, you're talking about one person taking the action to to get the ticket in their own car, and when you're talking about fleets, there's this liability mismatch between the person who took the action to get the ticket and the person who's ultimately on the hook for the ticket, which is the fleet owner. Um, and so, obviously, there's a much bigger problem there, and there's no there. There is a void of technology in this space, and we're not talking about high tech AI and machine learning and all of those things. Like this is really simple, basic technology that can be applied to bring a ton of efficiency, both in a cost manner where we we actually guarantee savings to our customers because we are proactive in this monitoring. Over a thousand agencies across the united states that we do this in but also in the time that you get back i mean when you're talking like marissa just mentioned these boxes of paper there are human beings who have to open that and figure out what to do with all that paper i mean it's it's nonsense at this point um so yes our our soft where it does have features of AI and machine learning in it. But that's all on the back end. I mean, what our customers see is a dashboard that shows them really plainly what's going on, allows them to kind of get a grip on this black box of information they've never had before. I know Reid mentioned the, the power of data. I mean, this is data no one, no fleet has a grip on. They just don't because they can't. It's in paper. We're the only people that, that do this.
2: Yeah. Fleet's bringing just like data generally online is, is like a huge thing. Um, and, and that's probably one that's the most paper paperized. Is that a word? I don't know. Oh, that's, yeah. that, that sounds, that it, it,
4: sounds like it can a, be a word. Let's make it a yeah, word.
2: It is. It is now. <laughs>
4: As <of> today, paperized,
2: <laughs> paperized. Yeah.
1: Vaporized the paperizer.
2: We're vaporizing
1: paper. Who's you? Who's using yes. it? Who, you, who do you call your customers?
4: Yeah, so we have big multinational logistics fleets as our customers. We have rental car fleets. Um, We have kind of like the new mobility car sharing fleets. We have vending machine uh, companies, you know, servicing those. We have um, EV companies that are running their service fleets and, uh, you know, running vehicles all across the country. Uh, It really runs the gamut because no matter what type of fleet you are, you have this problem.
1: Let me ask you something I always like to ask founders this what what's been your hardest day as a founder so far with the company
4: <laughs> <laughs> I have to pick one um, <laughs> you know, this, this, this stuff is hard you know i I feel really lucky because we've we've been profitable since day one you know we we built really good software it solves a real problem um and so we've been able to get big customers really quickly which is great but with that, you're also a startup that now has to scale to meet the needs of really large customers. You know it's different it's different if you kind of start slow, but we kind of started soliciting this around and got a lot of attention right away. so I think there there were some growing pains um as as we kind of evolved and now we're we've been in this for for years and i would I would think it's safe to say that we probably know more about tickets and tolls than anybody else in the country like Marissa and I are in this really weird space um and and so you know I I think there there have been days where those growing pains really um you know can can bog you down but my my thought processes are always like the the bad days are never as bad as you think they are and likewise the good days you know stay humble and just keep going
1: Reed, now. I'm curious. What is like a like a shocking or surprising toll fact? You said you're like the most knowledgeable. What what like what should what should we know?
4: Um, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> um. You know, I think I think the biggest problem, honestly, and this is, I think this is something like when you're in your individual vehicle, it's not as noticeable to you. But when you've got a fleet that's running across the United States, the fact that these fleets don't have interoperability can be a real problem. And so, you try to solve that with transponders, and there are companies right now that are trying to solve that with transponders. Um, but then you end up with a lot of logistical problems within these fleets where they have to issue these transponders, keep them in the trucks, keep them from being taken by drivers and put into personal vehicles, or they get lost, or they get broken, or they expire, you know, whatever the case is. And so there is there, there are ways to kind of limit the use of transponders and, and solve this with software, which is what we do. Um but that's the, the lack of interoperability where you can't drive a truck from Florida to California on one transponder is, it, you know, it's a real problem and it's a real costly problem uh, for fleets. And um, so, you know, I think that's just kind of like you wouldn't feel that if you weren't in the space. But really? I guess that's not it's not necessarily shocking. Yeah, um, you know, fleeting, This I stuff think. is just like it's a pain, like the, yeah. the pain that you feel in your own vehicle. It's a pain for fleets like it's the same thing. It's just, you know, orders of magnitude more and no one wants to deal with it. That's what it really comes down to. No one wants to deal with it. And so we do it and we do it really well.
1: Marissa, we'll start with you. This is our question of the day from the great Benjamin Gordon. He said, what's your favorite transportation innovation?
5: I would love to say "voy," but I'm sure Megan's going to pick that one. I would say truck stops, and probably that wow. seems a little crazy. But how cool. much did truckers' lives improve when we now have truck stops?
2: Sure, yeah, that's that's a good one. I, I
1: yeah, no, that is a good one. Yeah, well, especially kidding. the ones that have parking. Yeah, parking is parking is helpful. Clean, yeah, free yeah driver. good place to park. How about yourself? Yeah. Good what, food. What, what, what's what's your pick, Megan?
4: I mean, of course, it's "voy." Marissa is absolutely uh, right. I mean, "voy." voy absolutely all the way we are we are absolutely innovators in this space and so like what is the most innovative thing it's it's us we're like swinging for the fences here uh doing someone uh, doing something that no one has ever done before and doing it damn well and so Hell yeah! It's you got to respect that answer.
1: Yeah, You got to yes, respect that a, answer. I, I like the power answer. It was sort of an ad, but the, but at the same time, you put some passion <laughs> into it, so it's forgivable, and that's why you got the cowbell. You gotta use there. man. You gotta yep. use it. Where do people find you? I
4: got the you? cowbell. I need more cowbell, baby. There you go.
1: <laughs> there you go. All right. Where do people find you? Where how do they follow your journey? And how do they check out this service?
5: Yeah. So, Bill Marissa. Yeah, they can check us out at voifleet.com. We're also voyfleet on X and we're going to be at the F- uh, we're going to be at the uh, NPTC safety uh, summit next week, and we'll be at Move in two weeks. And so we're out and about in the transportation community, and we're super excited to meet you guys and see how we can help solve your problems.
1: Well, you should come down to Chattanooga for F three. It's gonna be a huge group down here. F three, check it out. We're coming. Don't get
2: any. Oh,
5: t- you're go- Okay, right. well, Then
1: we'll see you there. You've don't get any
2: tickets on the way. All right, Megan.
1: Get a live
4: <laughs> Or if you do, you know who to call. You know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of <laughs> tickets, if you want tickets, thank you, ladies, so much. If you want tickets to F three, go to live dot. Uh, what is it? Live I think use the code. Don't F- Look at me, I, I know. Why am I looking at you? You're, the, you're like a, you're an I'm just a here,
2: man. I'm just chilling. You're a guest. Hey, are you a gamer at all? Uh, uh, not now. I was for you, a while. What was your like game of choice? I mean, I was a big like Legend, like, Ocarina of Time, Majora's good Mask, good one. Uh, uh,
1: Oblivion before Skyrim. How old's your kid? Uh, Eleven months. Okay. When he gets a little bit older, get like Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom. Get, a, get the Switch. I think the new Switch will be out by by then. Is there
2: a new, switch? A new See, switch? that's how out of the loop I am. I just have no idea what's yeah, going on. Yeah, there's a new one. I, I have I'm have Five. T- too busy on
1: X.com. I'm a big Texas Chainsaw Massacre fan. just came out. You either play the you? Killers or, like, you're either the three-killer. Oh, that's a game on two. Switch? Yeah, and you're supposed to, like, no, it's, it's not on Switch. It's on PS5. Okay, I was going to say, that you're doesn't seem like a Switch to. Switch game. Well, let's say you're a driver and you want a game. How would you hang your TV? Look at this great instructional video.
4: I got an Xbox! now. Oh. I have a serious
0: problem. I do not own this truck. This is company owned, which means that I can't drill any holes in here to hang up the TV. But I was thinking these things right here are screws. What if.
2: That's a pretty good method. Yeah.
0: All right, I this got isn't this going setup. how I thought it would. I, to going it? I thought he was gonna do something on insane. Here, on the back of the TV. Yeah, instead of something super logical. logical. <laughs>
2: yeah, this is like actually cool.
0: This no, this is
1: a we have informative content. Ah. <laughs> I, I try not to, but what, sometimes. What's, he, actually, pl- what's yeah. he playing? What's he gonna play? So I, don't, I forget the name of this new game. <laughs> Justin said he had terrible taste in music, though. Uh, Zay, the truck driver, I asked the driver community, too, if they, if they game out there. I know a lot of them do. Zay, the truck driver, mm-hmm. he said, I game on PC these days. Uh, Starfield released last night. It's a big game by, I think, Batista Studios, if I'm not mistaken. Anyways, he was super excited about that. Giuseppe said, uh, does, ch- does <laughs> chasing clout count as playing video games? I consider X a video 100%, game, like you do. Dude. That's percent Absolutely. 100%. Um, Adam Wingfield said, we, my TV had a VCR in it, but it didn't hang. It sat on top of the cabinet. We had the straps. Came in the back, and you know he's old school. He was playing PS2 back in the day. And then Nova said, I don't have free time. I, I uh, haul fuel. He's, he's busy, man. He's no working. Time. He's hustling. No time. Those detention times aren't getting any shorter, though. Mark Vickers, EVP, International Logistics Reliance Partners. Mark, how you doing, man?
6: Good, guys. Thanks for having me. I probably can't show you how to mount um, a PlayStation inside of a cab, but I can show you how to practice world-class Risk management in Mexico.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah. Well, let's say I'm, I'm like the next best thing. I'm in Tijuana (laughs) picking up a load. I, I got my uh, PS5 with me. I don't want anyone to steal that or my load. What are my risks down in Mexico right now? We've been talking so much about nearshoring, and one of the other things we had just, we almost were talking about was a strike. Right? There was a strike that was postponed over in Mexico.
6: Yeah, it's the Mexican carrier, or it's the Mexican Alliance of Carrier Organizations. Uh, They're one of the largest intra-Mexico. Trucking associations and what what they've done is really threaten a blockade of the main trade routes within Mexico. And if they do that, that's going to really hurt the the trade between the United States and Mexico, which is at an all time high. There's actually over thirty five thousand shipments that are moved between the United States and Mexico every day right now. So we don't want that to happen. But what that threatening of that blockade could will do is hopefully the government will start to implement some not necessarily laws but help out these drivers in areas where there's those um, thefts and violent thefts that are occurring at an all-time high during the what i call the age of nearshoring so more companies are moving freight in and out of mexico during a time when hijackings are, are, are at a violent hijackings are at all time high, so something to pay attention to.
1: So you mentioned violent hijackings. Let's let's stick on that one because that uh, that sounds scary. What what goes on in those, and how do you protect yourself?
6: Um, so there's there's a number of things that you can do, and maybe I'll kind of take a step back from the question. So ten years ago, there was zero market for cargo insurance. In, in Mexico and mm. and just over the past 5 years has have some of the largest shippers now required of their logistics companies and their trucking partners they're just starting to to ask for this cargo insurance a recent poll of over 500 logistics service providers that are doing cross border trade that that we put out we're finding that 40% of shippers are now asking or requiring cargo insurance of their logistics service providers and that's a drastic change just from three years ago so three years ago two to three percent of of ship u.s shippers that are moving cross-border trade were asking for cargo insurance it's a it's a massive change and that change is because of the cargo hijacking threat and it's also because of the near shoring wave shippers are super intentional about implementing better cross-border risk management um, to make sure that their product gets to certain places on time and that it's unsafely because they, they want their their drivers to remain safe um, but it, it, in in Mexico they, it has to continue and the um, trades gonna continue to spike and what's driving that is really the the large automotive companies are kind of tired of using their, their self-insurance or their global policies on, on, these, on these cross-border loads. So an example of that would be if you think of, say, like Daimler trucks or Stellantis or Volkswagen or Tesla or even GM's electric business, um, the, these groups have historically always leaned on their global policy to give them some level of insurance in Mexico. And what their their global policy or their self insurance plan provides is almost nothing. Uh, what what it's providing them is um, cargo insurance, but at a deductible of fifty or a hundred thousand dollars. So, in the case of a hijacking or of a, a truck flips or a load shifts while it's in transit, that um, that policy is only is going to respond, but at a deductible level of a hundred thousand dollars. And the average shipment value moving across the border is, of course, about $100,000. So it doesn't really make sense to have that policy in place in the first place. So we created um, a program called Borderless Coverage. I got kind of the, our tequila hat on. And what you, what you can obtain now is, is all risk cargo insurance from the moment of pick up the United States until final delivery in Mexico. It includes theft and disappearance and has deductible levels of 5000 $2,500, $1,000, or, or even only $500 in Mexico. So um, it's really kind of flipping the script on risk management and safety in Mexico because in order to get access to our program, you've got to follow the warranties of our policy. And the warranties of our policy are pretty much um, – what is written in the the CTPAT certification. What CTPAT certification is, is a voluntary program that asset-based organizations follow um, and and they follow with all of their partners in their networks. So the shipper, the warehouse, the the trucking companies, they all all become voluntarily CTPAT certified, which is fighting against cross-border terrorism. And it's also implementing what we feel is the gold standard for cross-border risk management. So if they're following that, they can get access to our policy. Yeah. They can get the coverage that they need, cool. and then they're they're automatically reducing a lot of the uh, the risks associated with doing uh, business in Mexico. So they should they should confidently um, be able to to grow their footprint in mexico
2: so sorry I
1: Reed, keep talking. Do, you, <laughs> Reed, do you like pina coladas do you uh, like I,
2: cargo I, insurance I, in the rain I, I love i love pina coladas but uh, uh mark i have a question for you what's the difference between theft and disappearance Um uh, a, a dis-
6: well it's, it's hard to say right um <laughs> i'm just curious like once I'm, once I'm serious the, uh, Disappearance is, is proven to be theft it's yeah it, okay it's,
2: uh,
1: Disappeared, you haven't proved it yet. I'm going to dis- like first notice something is gone. Like, oh, the truck disappeared. Um, and then the investigation. Um, man, happened in Mexico. Nobody's ever I'm going to right?
2: disappear something off Duner's stage right here. What, what is it? I, I'm not going to tell stickers?
1: you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then I would be like, that didn't disappear. You already told me it's in your pocket. I know exactly where it is.
2: You just stole it. You'll figure it out. They'll yes. Fine.
1: I guess that's the distinction. Yeah. Anything else we should know before we let you go? Um,
6: You know, if you're a logistics service provider and you're looking to grow your footprint in Mexico, um, you should seriously look at becoming ctpat certified mm. and you should you should definitely implement a, a cross-border cargo insurance program you can do that through uh, reliance partners borderless coverage program
1: mark back in the day I did a CTpat revalidation a tier three revalidation for for talbots it was i'm not going to say it was fun but it was a thing well, <laughs> that I did. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Before I let you go, we've been asking everybody. The great Benjamin Gordon put out this awesome question on X. He said, what's your favorite transportation innovation? What you got?
6: Yeah, I, I definitely think that um, that nearshoring and cross-border trade is the hottest topic. Oh. The the trade route between the United States and Mexico through the Laredo border is the number one trade route in the world. Um, Mexico is a bigger partner with in, in trade with the United States than than China now. Uh, folks need to be focused on their cross-border risk management. And our innovation in cargo insurance is enabling groups to practice trade with, with Mexico the right way. So people that win in risk management through our program that I feel is the most innovative program in the industry right now will win the nearshore game.
1: All right. Both All right. Three- All right, cool. Uh, Go check out Reliance Partners. Mark, have a great Labor Day weekend.
6: Thanks guys, have a good one. Great to see
2: you, great show, love it. Take, take, take it easy. easy, man.
1: Everyone's wise, they kind of like, in, into whatever they were pitching, they kind of like, uh, they, they turn that question to uh
2: am I, am I a bad CEO for for not saying that I'm the best innovation in the, in the history of logistics?
1: Well, I know, I think that, well, you don't have to because you have social proof. Christopher Steiner in the Discord, he said, Lost Freight IMO, shout out to the Discord by the way. Christopher Steiner says Lost Freight is one of the biggest innovations in trucking.
2: He said that? Yeah. Chris Steiner, he's my
1: fraternity brother. He is? Yeah. Oh. Well, maybe <laughs> when he's a did he join? <laughs> I don't have no idea. Who knows where he even came oh from? Oh my gosh, that is <laughs> unreal. All right, everybody, it's Friday. Us. A little good news, bad news. I <laughs> have uh,
6: the
1: bad news and good news. <laughs> All right, what's going on? <laughs> what is that? All right, bad news. You're hungry, <laughs> but good news. CHP is offering up the Glizzies. <laughs> CHP Gilroy Commercial <laughs> Vehicle Enforcement Facility says, "Hello, hello. Testing one two three. Is this microphone on? I take it they don't Facebook much. It says just wanted to let everyone know to save the date for September twelfth, twenty twenty three. Please come into the northbound scale for a free hot dog lunch." Um, <laughs> what do you think? Is this a good truck driver appreciation week giveaway?
2: Oh, Joe! Joe's tweet is so classic, man. Holy cow! Yeah, it's a great idea. I love it. <laughs> CHP, hey, CHP, shout out CHP's Twitter accounts. Those yeah. are great. Like in the winter, the trucky one is so good. Yeah. This is great. I love this.
1: Well, Joe Seppi says a level one gl- glizzy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks. Everyone thinks they're getting, they're getting roped in for an inspection. NFL insider Big Chef, he says the hot dog costs a level one inspection. Don't be fooled. So, like eight people put Admiral Akbar, it's a trap, gif on there. <laughs> Jeff D said giving drivers the weenies. Winter says, comes with a site of inspection. And then Kevin Rutherford always, like, uh, of of troll course, the community Kevin. a little bit, but also also say a little reality there's a lot of drivers who have been complaining about carrier vetting services that require that you have an inspection yeah. not all trucks get inspections all the time and you have to go ahead and get a voluntary yeah. one for these vetting programs it's 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 controversial well kevin has a solution he said maybe they should offer free roadside inspections on demand that way the small carriers can get out of the way and uh. stop complaining about the brokers who require one sarcasm font enabled
2: Kevin's Kevin's always always business man he's 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 got he's always got the right idea though
1: His spaces are long oh, I, was, man. I started I didn't realize it went for 4 hours He's in
2: mar- I honestly give him so much credit it's like a marathon man he must just be like I don't even know what's going on over there. He's, he you know, he's back. a radio
1: guy, so I think he does it radio. Like he just, he's like, yeah. you're not supposed to pay attention to every second. It goes on for four hours. Yeah,
2: so jump in and out when yeah. you can. Yeah, they're good, they're good, good content. So if you're on X, go check those out.
1: Well, we started the show with some really like bad news. So let's let's have something good to send someone into uh, a long weekend. A lot of truck drivers coming home. Check out this video. Oh, this is a great way to end. Yeah, and these kids are waiting for dad. All right. are be Europe somewhere, right? What? These hit so much harder, and I don't—I don't know about you, but since having my my sons, there's a a level of empathy that you don't really have before that awakens totally, in you, totally, and, and totally. you start to understand your parents better, you start to understand yourself a little better, even your own upbringing better, and like sort of how they treated you and how you yeah. how you treat your kid. But even like I don't know if you've noticed this, but I used to love. Dreams watch any more of that like that involves kids yeah totally like like uh, adults fine kill them all you want <laughs> like the kids leave them be
2: yeah no i'm uh i'm excited to see my daughter when i get home
1: these are like as i'm noticing with my kids they turn seven and nine this year these okay. are like the prime ages and it goes so fast every time i see a facebook memory i was like that was two three years ago dude i i, I
2: already feel that it's not even been a year it's crazy yeah, you lose it. Take a lot of pictures. Take hey, a lot of videos. Shout out Natalie. She's watching right now. I know she is. She, she doesn't know what's going on, but she's watching.
1: Shout out Natalie. I love it, man. It brings a tear to my
2: eye. Yeah, it's good.
1: Well, Reed, how do people find you? What are you up to next?
2: Uh, you should, if you're a carrier or a broker, you should go check out lostfreight.com. Freight spelled F-R-8. If you're on uh, X, Twitter, whatever, look me up. Lost is Reed. Join my Discord. Uh, we got a lot going on in there. Please advise If I hat. Yeah, you can. I, I'm everywhere, man. You can find me.
1: See us all at F3 November 7th. Yeah. Yeah. Go to we'll live.freightwaves.com. Use that code F3WTt for a discount on your ticket.
2: Hopefully, we're going to drive some clip uh, trucks off cliffs.
1: I would love to. We'll bring we'll, that hike with we'll you. We'll figure, figure out. that out. All right, find me on Twitter at Timothy Dooner or X. It's really annoying. On oh, an X, formerly known as Twitter, find me at Timothy Dooner. Find the show at Fw with the truck. Subscribe to it on uh, FreightWaves YouTube channel. There's a whole playlist there, or just look up "What the Truck" wherever
4: you get your audio podcast. Take care. Have a great Labor Day weekend.